At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is primetime action here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. He is Adam Candy. Ben Wilson is here as well. We're uh, we're at the nightly seventh inning stretch, uh, Adam Candy and I, and there is a game that is approaching the seventh inning stretch right now in Cleveland, the quickest moving game of the night. Nelson Cruz, a homer for the Tampa Bay Rays. Adam Candy, they lead four to three. Big start for Nelson Cruz coming over from Minnesota as he has the difference maker here at the moment. Three-run home run for Jose Ramirez is the sum total of the offense for Cleveland as this game has some sneaky little wild card implications. Uh, actually, the series does between the Rays and the Indians. We are kind of skirting around that nine and a half if you had the over. Uh, this looks early like it was going to get there and has slowed down quite a bit. Yeah, the uh, the Randy, as you mentioned, the Little League homer for Randy Rosarena. Jose Ramirez uh, committed two errors on that Little League home run and then, of course, hit that three-run homer that I'm not sure has landed yet in Cleveland. But uh, the Rays, minus 125 uh, again uh, today, leading as they play in the top of the seventh. At Fenway, Garrett Cole's been great, and the Yankees, the one run is held up. one nothing as they play in the top of the fifth inning. But the Boston bullpen, who was pressed into service, Quickly in this game, Eduardo Rodriguez leaving in the second inning with a migraine, got out of the big jam in the second inning, 
and the bullpen has not given up any runs since. I could pick any number of metrics to tell you about where the Yankees' offense is this year, but the simplest one of all is batting average. They have the worst batting average in Major League Baseball. They're under 240, and it shows in a situation like this where a guy comes up from Worcester AAA and is shutting them down the way that Phillips Valdez is for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, now, now uh, Rios is now in the game for the Boston Red Sox. So ah, Yaxel. Yeah, Yaxel, yes. Yeah, so one nothing. Uh, in favor of the Yankees in the top of the fifth. In uh, in flushing, uh, the Mets leading the Blue Jays 2 to nothing as they play in the sixth. Tyler McGill has thrown six shutout innings so far for the Mets. Steven Matz just departed five and two-thirds innings and 96 pitches. Honestly, Matz pitched pretty well. First two batters of the game. Uh, a base hit, an, or excuse me, a walk, an Alonzo homer, and that was it. That's all the Mets have gotten so far, but the Mets lead 2 nothing. Enough to submarine your first five, but Absolutely. unfortunately, that game off the board at the moment uh, for the New York Yankees now. By the way, they are minus 165 after Stanton draws a walk with two outs there in the top of the fifth. Yeah, and uh, the Yankees, again, we, we've talked about it a, a lot here. Uh, need to rack up as many wins as they possibly can, especially uh, against a Red Sox team that they're chasing. Uh, if the results hold right now in Boston and Cleveland, the Rays and the Red Sox would be tied in the American League East heading into the weekend, Adam Candy. Well, I mean, you talked when we broke the uh, news with the trade of Nelson Cruz from Minnesota to Tampa about the fact that Tampa could be a sneaky little division value. You took, uh, I believe, plus 160, if I'm uh, I did, not mistaken. I did, yes, yes. And so now we talk about today, though, a move by Tampa that is a little harder to understand, trading away one of their only reliable starting pitchers in Rich Hill, who, again, has taken a little bit of a dive since the sticky stuff cracked down, but there still is not much starting pitching to speak of in Tampa with Tyler Glass now still out. By the way, a quick a quick stat on the Met game real quick. Tyler McGill, who threw six shutout innings tonight. The lowest ERAs through six starts in Mets history, Adam. Terry Leach at 1.73. Nolan Ryan, that guy was pretty good, 1.98. Dylan G at 2.09. And now Tyler McGill in at fourth place at 2.1, Adam Candy. So if he goes out and gets an out at the seventh inning with uh, – without, uh, without giving up an earned run, he'll actually hop Dylan G and be in third by himself. Well – I mean, look, anytime you can be on a list with Dylan G and Nolan Ryan, <laughs> clearly you have made it to the top of the Mets food chain. Dylan G. I remember that stretch, too, where Dylan G oh, came sure. up and uh, was unbelievably good uh, uh, right at the beginning of the run. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, I don't think Dylan G's in Major League Baseball anymore. I think his oh. career uh, ended a few years ago. Honestly preferred Ollie G. Yeah, I can't, I can't really blame you there, Adam. Uh, a little more comedic uh, uh, than, than, than Dylan, even though I don't know how funny uh, Dylan G is as a human being, Adam. Not, not too sure there. Uh, in Philadelphia, the Phillies leading the Braves 3-1. to one. Zach Wheeler has escaped in and out of trouble, but has done enough to hold the lead. Uh, the uh, big blow now on JT Real Muto, a home run for Philadelphia. Phillies in the live market, minus 500. It is primetime action here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles. He is Adam Candy. And I thought that was a home run for the New York Yankees, but the Nesson camera angle messing with my depth perception there, just a long fly out by Rootnet Odor to end the top of the fifth. The Yankees still leading one nothing. as uh, now you're sweating your first five Yankee tickets if you had them tonight. Certainly are. Uh, remember, as we mentioned earlier, the Yankees a slight 
dog in this game with Garrett Cole. Jeff, I believe you said it was back to the Pittsburgh Pirates days, 2017, mm-hmm. but since Garrett Cole has been an underdog? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, impressive as we see the kind of run that Garrett Cole has been on for both the Astros and for the New York Yankees. Minus 115 pregame on the Red Sox. Yankees plus 105. That game currently off the board at the moment, unless you have something I'm not seeing there on the Yankees. OTB on my... No, yes. actually, no. Just can't... Well, no, actually, no. My... Uh, my 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 screen my screen is stuck in the fourth inning, so my screen is uh, minus one fifty at the uh, draft. There you go, minus one fifty. So uh, so I think that's why Ben Wilson's here, of course. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to football, though. Let's go back to football, Adam Candy. We talked about the Giants on their own. Let's go to the entire NFC East here, and we already had the Giants discussion a little bit. So let, let, let's finish that off before moving in to the division favorites uh, with the Cowboys and the Washington Football Team. But the New York Giants. Uh, plus 450 to win the NFC East, win total of seven, making the playoffs. Yes, is plus 225. You're laying $3 on the no. Adam, this is a stay-off team for me just because of the, the uh, no trustworthy factors of Daniel Jones and an offensive line that you uh, that you have uh, bashed through uh, the last few years and bashed earlier in this show, and properly so. Hey, if you don't believe me, trust the pro football focus guys. Steve Palazzolo ranked them as the worst offensive line in all of football coming into the season. And so, Jeff, uh, plus 450 on the division, that's about right. Seven on the wins, that's about right. Uh, I'm not touching anything when it comes to this New York team. No plays. No plays at all. And that will be one of them, too, where you'll be able for, like, your adjusted in-season prices on yes, no, make the playoffs, uh, win total. That would be the market I'd look to get into. You have to see how Jones at least starts this season uh, before really getting in on the New York Giants. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys now. America's team, Dak Prescott is back. The Cowboys are the division favorite yet again. Not much of a shock there. Plus 135. The win total is a nine. The yes, no to make the playoffs. Minus 140 on the yes. The no at plus 110. Adam, what what are your thoughts here on the Cowboys? Because the defense, I don't know how much worse it can get from what it was a year ago. It's not your, your usual great offensive line. But you at least get Prescott back into the mix here uh, where the Cowboy offense was mediocre with uh, Ben DiNucci at times, Andy Dalton at times. And uh, if I, I feel like I'm forgetting another quarterback who played last year for the Dallas Cowboys. If you are, then so have Cowboys fans. Uh, okay. So you can leave it right there with Dak Prescott back on the field. Um, I do not agree with the Cowboys being the favorite to win this division. And it goes back to that defense, Jeff. Uh, you mentioned it. 23rd by DVOA last year, and they were a prime reason that even without Dak Prescott, that this team could not accomplish much of anything. I do think this offense is elite. It's, it, I think with Dak Prescott and the weapons that they have, it is a top 10 offense in football. They're going to put up a lot of points, and they're going to have to put up a lot of points because I think this defense is going to be problematic for them at all three levels. I mean, there really is nothing that I look at with them unless they're going to get some significant returns from injury to make this a team that can win the division. I do not believe the Cowboys are the NFC East favorite. However... Uh, this division is so weak that that win total of nine might be just about right. It might even feel comfortable talking about an over. Nine is an over number for me because if you you look at the Dallas Cowboys schedule through this season, and I will say this, Adam, 
you look at the early portions, they obviously get a horrific draw out of the gate. They get they get to go to the defending Super Bowl champs week one on Thursday night. There, there's your o- o- uh, opener across the league. And then week two is a pretty difficult draw. You have to, again, it is a longer week because it was a Thursday to a Sunday, but you have to go on the road going from one end of the country to the other uh, within uh, 10 days there, and you play the Chargers, who, again, first home game with fans at five for the L.A. Chargers, Adam, that game. And it's a scenario where the Cowboys could very easily start 0-2. Now, after that, they get three straight home games against teams that we, neither of us expect to be any good with Philadelphia, Carolina, and the Giants, so they'll be able to make up ground there. Uh, but, but nine, if you can get a nine, because uh, there's nine and a halfs out there as well, Nine is a pretty fair number to bet over because unless if Dak gets hurt again, I have a hard time seeing Dallas going under 500 unless if that coaching staff, which is questionable with Mike McCarthy as head coach, really does some things to really push them backwards, uh, which I don't foresee with Dak back and healthy. I, I think nine is a pretty good number to bet over just because of the push potential in a worst-case scenario. Yeah, the Cowboys really benefit from getting – that uh, weaker third-place schedule from the division. Yes. And you look here and you see that after they take on, let's say, the Chiefs in Week 11, there's not another game on that schedule that you say, wow, I'm not so sure about that one. right? I'm not a believer uh, in the Saints this year. Um, I, I easily think this team could be 9-8, and 10-7, and seven, and yet... Uh, because of what I think of another team in this division, I don't think 10-7 is going to be enough. Well, uh, they have two games against Washington late in the season, weeks 14 and 16. Dallas plays Washington twice, and also to a backloaded divisional slate, which is a common thread in the NFC East this year. Uh, five of the, or excuse me, four of the last five for Dallas come within the NFC East. And if you want to go back in a time machine, you could say all of them because, of course, the Cardinals were in the NFC East before the 32-team uh, realignment in the league. Let's go to Washington Washington here, the Washington football team. Ryan Fitzpatrick now the projected starting quarterback. Uh, Taylor Hennigy now the backup after Yeoman's work in the playoffs against Tampa Bay. Alex Smith retiring. Year two under Ron Rivera. They go out, they make some nice moves, including Curtis Samuel in uh, in free agency, drafting Davis out of Kentucky to help out an already stout defense. And you look at the, uh, the Washington football team's schedule here, Adam. They do get an unfortunate break of getting Buffalo in that 17th cross game, which, uh, again, pretty much any other team in the AFC East, if Washington got them, I would say they'll be able to go on the road and win that game this year. Buffalo, probably not. But the rest of that schedule, and this is a common thread in the in the, in the the NFC East, and especially if the Aaron Rodgers retirement buzz ends up being true, they don't get hurt by that cross game like they would have if Rodgers was in there. This schedule is very manageable, uh, except for, again, they get their tough opponents at home. Kansas City at home, Tampa Bay at home, Seattle at home. They got a really nice draw for a first-place team. So let's talk about the idea of repeatability of defense, right? That is the one thing that we have said. It's difficult to do it year in, year out. This Washington defense was absolutely outstanding in the front seven last year. So am I projecting this team to win the NFC East because I believe that the defense is repeatable? No. I think that they'll probably be a step down from what they were last year, which still puts them in the upper half of the league. I am a believer in what they did offensively. Look, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is not an elite NFL quarterback, but when you're going from Dwayne Haskins and Taylor Heineke and Alex Smith and Kyle Allen and Kyle Allen, when you're going from them to a competent gunslinger in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you add Samuel, and now you have a full season of Terry McLaurin with a competent quarterback. I think eight is a very low total, even with the juice at minus 40 at DraftKings on the wins for Washington. I think this team is probably the rightful favorite in the NFC East. You mentioned the fact that the schedule does not set up as well with them getting the bills, but if this team gets to the back half of the schedule with a reasonable record, if they get to the back half at six and four, you know, then all these division games that they have left, I easily think this team with the right breaks could win 11 games this year. Well, look, just look at the final third of the season. A road game here in Vegas against the Raiders, that's a great matchup for Washington, what that front seven can do to the Vegas' offensive line. And then, look, they're going to create their own destiny here. Four, well, the last five weeks are against the division, which is pretty wild that the first 13 weeks of the year they play one division game. But you get Dallas, you go Dallas-Philly, Dallas-Philly, and then the Giants. And we'll get to the Eagles in a second. Three of those games, it doesn't matter that two of them are on the road. Washington probably going to be favored in three of those five, and maybe even against Dallas at home week 14, depending on what the Cowboys are going into that game. Jeff, you mentioned this in terms of some of the teams we were talking about last night. Look at the schedule and non-division games against the toughest teams that they're going to face. They get four out of the five of them at home. Yeah. And that's the best thing you could ask for for Ron Rivera's team because look at the Chargers, as you mentioned, week one at home. Then they get the Chiefs on the home field. They get Tampa Bay. And by the way, look back to that Tampa Bay Super Bowl run. Who gave Tampa Bay the best game? Of any team they faced I in the mean, playoffs. I mean, I mean Washington, was gave, Washington. Washington gave them as good of a game as anyone. I mean, look, I'm not going to tell you that they should have won the game, but Taylor Heineke had a drive to win the game <laughs> against Tampa. We all knew how that was going to turn out. But, again, the schedule, as well as it could go for Washington getting a first-place schedule here, uh, this team, I think, sets up very well for this year. I'm with him. I, I, I like them to win this division. The only concern is... Do we finally get a bad Fitzpatrick here? It's been a while since we've gotten one of those, Adam. It's possible. I still think this offensive line is an upper half offensive line uh, in the league when they get back to health here. Now, let's get to the bottom of the division, Jeff, and let's look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, who I think we're pretty well in alignment on this being oh, yeah. the worst team in the division, right? Um, I think Jalen Hurts will be fun. I think that'll give them some offensive games that are more entertaining than what you're used to watching with the Eagles. But this defense is horrendous. I just don't see where the Philadelphia Eagles get anywhere near six and a half wins. A bad defense, an offense with a quarterback that I don't buy in to with Jalen Hurts, a head coach that oh my, <laughs> looks like could be a one and done train wreck. Again, you can't judge anything off of press conferences, but a guy who the qualifications for Nick Sirianni, uh, probably not there to be an NFL head coach at this point in his career. Uh, and all of his, again, all of his press conferences might as well be out of uh, as a, a coach against a team you don't really like in, in any sports movie ever made. But look, I, this is a bad football team. They don't have enough weapons on offense. Their defense is a disaster. 
Uh, and they're scheduled, too. Like, look, they're scheduled. To, and this is the common denominator with all these NFC East teams. Their schedules really aren't that difficult. If the Eagles had any semblance of being a competent team here, you could say, all right, you take the last place schedule, you get a, a road game at Detroit, a game you can win, you get the Jets in your cross game, which is, again, an easy travel game for Philadelphia. Hop on, hop on either the Amtrak or hop on the bus and go up the turnpike uh, to the Meadowlands from Philadelphia. Um, and, and look, they're, even with the good cross games, Adam, they do not have enough talent to win more than probably five games this year. And I like that six and a half. If you're going to give me a juice thunder, I'll very happily take that with the Eagles. And and if Jalen Hurts beats me, tip your cap, move to the next bet. I think this is a one in five team in the division. I think they'll probably split with the Giants. I think they lose all of their games to Dallas and to Washington. Depends if Dallas needs week 18. Fair enough. Uh, Dallas might not be uh, in that position, but you also Philadelphia gets a rough draw with that Niners game because that's a Niners team that finishes lower in the NFC West than yes. they should have and now comes back loaded uh, this year, with, of course, with the obvious uh, Jimmy Garoppolo exception thrown in there for as long as he's the starting quarterback. But, yeah, th- this is a rebuild year in Philadelphia. And look, we talk about a lot of quantifiable things, right, Jeff? We talk about stats. Uh, but if you have not read the expose piece that was done on Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, the ownership, and seen the dysfunction that's going on inside that Philadelphia front office, that in- is enough to tell me don't trust the decision-making process for this team as they put it together. And I like the juice being uh, – Plus on six and a half under. I'm kind of surprised that the juice is on the under there. I, you I, think I, there's more belief in Jalen Hurts out there than we have? I, I guess so. Or again, when you're looking at the, the rest of these teams in the division, Giants are only at a seven. People could see. I, I could at least see an argument for someone saying Washington is a is a regress candidate. But the problem is when you go seven and nine. There's not much to really regress to. I think that's a forgotten factor with, with, with Washington for some that may think they may regress. is like they weren't even good last year. They're probably going to regress or, or, excuse me, progress this year and become an actual good team, even though they won a division a year ago at 7-9. and nine. And that's kind of what I was getting at talking about the offense, right? Yeah. This offense was horrible, horrible. last year for horrible. Washington. Absolutely abysmal. And so... All they have to do is take reasonable steps forward on offense, and even if this defense is not what it was last year with this front seven dominating, and I still think they could be very good, uh, even if they're not that, the steps on offense will keep Washington up there in top of the NFC East. And speaking of top of the East, I believe that was Raphael Devers. Devers just go off a call? Oh, that's a a horrendous beat if you had the Yankees in the first five. Yep, two out, (laughs) two-run home run. Yankees had a 1-0 lead going into the bottom of the fifth, and now Garrett Cole, his fourth home run allowed in the last two starts at Fenway Park, and the Yankees trail 3-1. And that, uh, look, this could be the lights-out series for the New York Yankees now for this entire season. If you go up to Fenway and lose three out of four or get swept, it Lights out. It's over. And very honestly, me as a Yankees fan looking at the core of this team, I kind of hope it is because this team would be better served by looking to sell at the deadline than to add. Imagine that. New York Yankees selling. But if they they get swept out this weekend, they should sell. uh, With the trade deadline one week from today, Adam Candy, we'll, uh, we'll just be getting on next Friday right as the deadline has passed. When we get back, we'll update you on the other games going on across the Major League Baseball slate as we continue on here on Primetime Action on v 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to put on your lucky Crocs and channel your inner fortune teller. Because your prediction might just make you $10,000 richer. The Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming. And dare we say it's free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 G's could come your way. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. It is primetime action here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parlson for Gil Alexander. Adam Candy in for Matt Brown. Ben Wilson in for Kelly Bidlin. 
Let's go to our guy, Ben Wilson, here, because uh, during the break, uh, you mentioned a player that I had forgotten that gotten traded to the Milwaukee Brewers doing something for the Brew Crew against Lucas Giolito. That's correct. Rowdy Tellez, who was they're trying to make him into the new Daniel Vogelback guy hitting 120 that, uh, that comes to Milwaukee and starts hitting. Uh, RBI single, Brewers up one nothing. but what's bizarre, I just noticed, is Freddie Peralta out of the game hmm. trying to figure out what happened because he was at 51 pitches, looked awesome. Four shutout innings, so they go to Adrian Hauser, who has basically been the fifth starter most of the year. So Hauser is in. It's one nothing Milwaukee. He just gave up a base hit. So this is very interesting because Milwaukee on the live line is minus 245. White Sox plus 185, considering this was near a uh, pick to close. Slight favorites to Milwaukee. So one of those, I, I doubt the algorithm has uh, figured this out here, that Peralta is out of the game. Live total is 5.5, so that is really interesting. Uh, I'm still, again, I'll try to see what happened there with, uh, with Peralta, but that's kind of the marquee game we're tracking right now. Uh, the other big update, the, uh, the AL wildcard race between the Rays and Indians sees Jose Ramirez hit an RBI triple to tie the game at, at uh, four in the eighth inning. Rays minus 120 live, Indians minus 110, live total 10.5. So an adventure of a day for Ramirez, who made two errors on the same play in a Little League home run to Randy Rosarena but has uh, now since hit a three-run homer and an RBI triple. So he, is, uh, he has bounced back uh, in a big way. Those are our main, uh, main updates for now, uh, Jeff. Still just bizarre. We'll, I'll try to figure out what's happened there with Peralta, but is that one of those you would, uh, you would look to get in on here? Maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm going to wait till the end of the half inning here and then take uh, see if I can get over $2 on the White Sox. I'm seeing plus 190 right now with one out in the top of the fifth. Also in Boston, Gary Sanchez out of the game. Rob Brantley pitch hitting for him in the sixth inning. Uh, no one seems to know exactly what happened to Sanchez in the last half inning. Strange, of course, to have Gary Sanchez catching Garrett Cole, but Kyle Higashioka is on the COVID-19 list for the New York Yankees. So uh, could this be a situation where they're just trying to save Sanchez for the rest of the series, not wanting to really have to play Brantley? I don't know, uh, but we are waiting for more information. By the way, just uh, just uh, so an update on Peralta from uh, Will Salmon of The Athletic, who covers the Brewers. Freddie Peralta out after the four, the four innings, 51 pitches. It was a short start by design from the Brewers pitch uh, from the Brewers staff to manage his innings. So there you go, Ben Wilson. No injury for Freddie Peralta. Just managing the in, uh, the uh, the innings. Uh, for a guy who again is not pitched uh, this deep into a season before. Saw the the phrase tandem day. Planned tandem day. That sounds fun. Sounds like something you do after your, your NBA team in the city wins a world championship. Have well, a little tandem it's a, day. It's the sort of thing we do every night every here on, on primetime yeah. action. Jeff Parles and I are doing tandem night uh, here on a Friday, but it must be nice, Ben, to be in a situation where the Brewers have such a comfortable pad in that NL Central that they can afford to pull Freddie Peralta after four innings and start to think about what they might need him later in the year, maybe right. in the playoffs. In, in fairness, I think a lot of this too, they, a lot of their starters went way over their innings limits from seasons past, and we saw it happen last time they were in the playoffs, and just you know, a lot of their guys were completely gassed. So like, I get it. Uh, so kind of, it's just jarring when you see a guy that effective, 51 pitches, and you still pull him. Just and, and also, too, again, I know it's an interleague game, but it is, it's a first-place team that's in playing the Brewers. A good measuring stick for what Milwaukee is uh, playing the White Sox, but it uh, looks like Hauser's going to get through the, the top of the fifth inning unscathed, one nothing Milwaukee, and that totals all the way down to four and a half now live, Adam. 
That is a uh, that is a low total. Uh, some quick updates, by the way. If you're looking at the Dodgers later on tonight, mm-hmm. Max Muncie officially placed on the paternity list. So Max Muncie will be out of the lineup for the Dodgers. They recall Bruce Dar Gratterall. And uh, for those who are joining us late, uh, the Aaron Rodgers news, of course, uh, multiple sports books have pulled their markets on Aaron Rodgers and on the NFC North on some rumors, at least, of a retirement coming next week. I, I, I am at a loss for words at how this has all played out for Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers. Off, again, arguably his best season ever. And going to retire because of uh, the relationships falling apart there in Green Bay. When we get back, look at the late slate in Major League Baseball. A few 10 o'clock Eastern games we have not gotten to. We'll discuss go, discuss those next here on Primetime Action on VSIN. VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there is no better way to prepare for college and pro seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide is only $20, and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Candy. Ben Wilson here as well. It is primetime action. We're actually going to talk about the NFL here. Uh, I do not have any plays on the late baseball games. Adam does not have any plays on the late baseball games. Um, Adam Burke, like the Oakland A's. That's the biggest thing you need to know on the late baseball games tonight. He was pointing to Yusei Kikuchi struggling over the last two starts, 12 runs in those starts. That's uh, all you need to know. And Pete Alonso just hit his second homer of the night. So the Mets are up 3-0 into the second deck. So there you go. It's a good thing. I it's a good thing I didn't double down on uh, no. on on, uh, on me being uh, being a, a cynic there uh, for sure. But the big news of the day, uh, no, it's not Michael Thomas uh, being having to get surgery on his ankle and likely missing at least the first four weeks of the season. It just came a few uh, came a, about an hour ago. A report from SI uh, that uh, and of course easily verifiable. You check your phones and. See that a bunch of sports books pulled <laughs> all the Green Bay Packer and NFC North odds off the board uh, because of the expectation now that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire at some point in the near future and as early as next week for uh, the Green Bay Packers. And Adam, we discussed it a little bit earlier. What this does to the NFC North, we'll start there. What this does to the NFC North you were making a case for the Chicago Bears before. This makes this division completely unbettable for me because I think Minnesota would be the best team in the division, but the numbers are going to get too short if assuming Rodgers does retire. And the Bears, if they were starting Justin Fields from the get-go, I think I'd look that way. But because we're probably going to waste five weeks of it with Andy Dalton in there, it makes it harder to play when you're playing your best quarterback for only uh, uh, 12 of the 17 games. 
I can trust the Vikings to a degree, Jeff, because I do think Kirk Cousins is consistently underrated. They have the two best wide receiver, uh, the best wide receiver duo, maybe outside of Tampa Bay uh, with Jefferson and Thielen. And I just don't trust the defense. I really don't. I mean, you can talk about Dalvin Cook all you want. I I don't trust this Minnesota defense, even with Daniil Hunter back into the mix at some point here. I I don't trust Minnesota defensively. I really do think Chicago is is my favorite uh, in this division. Now, let's talk about something else, though. Eventually, these markets are going to come back up on the Packers, right? We're going to see win totals pop back up on the Packers if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. And what we really haven't talked about is what are the Packers if Jordan Love starts? What are What is the scene? So, so I'll, I'm going to flip this on you. What would you make their win total if it's Jordan Love? Because I've thought about this, but again, my whole brain was, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to retire. He's not going to walk away. He's still going to be a Packer, but it's looking more and more like that. It's going to be the case, and Jordan Love is going to be that quarterback for Green Bay. All right, I'll take it on, and I think you have to factor in today's news about Devontae Adams Mm -hmm. as well, and some very smart people who follow contract situations in the NFL on Twitter pointed out that there are no more holdouts because of the CBA and the penalties for holdouts, but there are essentially hold-ins. Oh, I have back spasms. Oh, I can't come back from that lingering injury for another week or two, right? Devontae Adams might not play this season at full speed if he does not have the contract extension that he wants, and it looks like with the news today he's not going to get that. And so if you take both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams out of this mix, then I am bearish on the Packers. Then that, realistically, I think that number goes somewhere around, what, eight maybe on Green Bay? So I'm looking at it right now. Because I did my preseason picks all the way through as Aaron Rodgers would be there, and I had Green Bay at 12 and 5. Just eyeballing it on wins that I have them having that I don't think they would if Rodgers isn't there. Week one against New Orleans, I know Michael Thomas isn't there, but that is a difficult place to play, and it's a brutal first draw for Jordan Love in an NFL debut to have to go to the Super Bowl or the Super Dome. I don't care that the Saints may not be as good as they've been in the past few years, but that's a brutal draw. Uh, you, you look and look, heck, even week two against a Lion team that isn't any good isn't a gimme anymore if Jordan Love is the quarterback, Adam. At home on a primetime spot for your first home game? That's not a gimme, even though Rodgers in his first career start won on a Monday night uh, back in 2008. No, I mean, look, you can go all the way down this schedule and say to yourself, look, what is it that Green Bay still has that's going to get the job done by the time they have to play the Browns, by the time they have to play the Ravens, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Chiefs? I mean, this, this could get ugly in a hurry for Green Bay. I think a reasonable win total for them would be eight yeah, uh, if they I, don't I, have I do, Adams I do, I do and Rodgers uh, in the mix. And I think that probably has you finishing third in this division. Look at it, too. I mean, we think back to, oh, wait, you mentioned that, Jeff, when you know mm-hmm. Rodgers' his first full season as a starter. So Packers are coming off an NFC championship game. So presumably the core they had was, was pretty comparable to what you could say now. Team coming off an NFC championship game here. And, like, that was a year where with Rodgers, who we'd already seen in the past, he had that great game in Dallas when Favre got hurt on the, the Thursday night game the previous year. He at least had some reps. Right. They go 6-10 and 10 that year with a Rodgers guy who I think we, we all would probably, you know, you have to say, like, at that point his career was certainly more advanced than Jordan Love just by nature of Ross snaps. So I actually I don't know that you're, you, the reaction would be enough here because, like, 6-10 and 10 that year where the Packers – at least had like a decent core still back from that 07 NFC championship game team. 
you think about the six and ten record there. You think about here. I mean, six. It would be six and eleven, seven and ten. Like, is that really? That seems realistic to me. But then you're also taking out one of the biggest pieces that potentially that they would have been bringing back from that course. So, I, as somebody who has watched like all all but eight Green Bay Packer games in my lifetime, have been quarterbacked by one of the two Favre or Rogers. The the uh, just um, immense drop off that there has been for the other guys and I'm like teams have just looked in the Brett Hundley Scott Tolzien era they have looked so <laughs> clueless just with a lack of leadership in those games and I think I do think that because this was going to happen regardless it was always going to take some time for them to get used to life without uh, Rogers here I actually think it would be even worse than this I would I would make the number more like six here guys I think you have to think about this defense as well. The fact that you still have Jair Alexander, you still have the Smith brothers. I think that's probably – go ahead. And more importantly, you don't have Mike Pedden anymore. Uh, more important more than you don't have Mike Pet. Yeah. I, 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 I think the defense and the fact that you have two games against the Lions is probably going to be enough to keep this team above that six number. Ben, but I understand where you're coming from in terms of the drop-off in quarterback play. Uh, 2008, just remember, Detroit Lions were 0-16 that year. So, <laughs> I mean, but I, I totally get what you're saying. When we get back, you know, we're going to continue the discussion here. It's the biggest news of the night. We're going to continue the discussion on what the Packers would look like and what the NFC as a whole would look like if Rodgers does step away. That's next on Primetime Action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook now and get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up now using the promo code VSIN, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters. DraftKings, you can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. It is primetime action here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Candy. Ben Wilson is here as well uh, discussing uh, the news that it looks like Aaron Rodgers may, may be retiring next week. Uh, multiple sports books uh, across the country here in Vegas, newer jurisdictions, uh, pulling Green Bay win totals, NFC North win totals, and NFC North odds off the board. Uh, I want to look at one of the uh, one of the other markets here real quick. Adam, I want to look at the MVP market real quick because normally when you go into into a market, a player just flat out gets removed. The numbers have to go elsewhere here. So who gets moved with Aaron if Aaron Rodgers does step away from the Packers? Is it just those guys uh, that are above twenty to one, or are you going to see movement down the board? Here? Oh, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. So you uh, go, you go Mahomes shorter, yeah, like three hundred. I, I think Mahomes probably moves into that two fifty, three hundred range because Aaron Rodgers, as last year's reigning MVP, is the guy who is the biggest threat on that board. And look down at Allen, Wilson, Prescott, Stafford, Brady, even. Can you really draw a line? And draw clear tears among those guys. You're not as big on Josh Allen as some. You're not in on Dak Prescott because of where the Cowboys will be. I personally am not in on Matt Stafford at all uh, this year. So what is it that would separate the rest of that pack? I think where you look is you look to Mahomes and you say, well, Mahomes becomes even more obvious without having another quarterback in his tier because Deshaun Watson probably isn't playing this year. Right. Uh, You would imagine that two of the guys on your screen wouldn't be there. Uh, Rodgers and Watson, I, I actually, I agree with you. It, w- it would be Mahomes, and I would imagine, what I would imagine is that Tom Brady's number also dips as well. Those would be the two guys that I would imagine you'd see the move on where the numbers where Rodgers disappears from the board and you have to see movement somewhere. Well, if we like the idea, Jeff, of narratives driving these things, mm-hmm. 
we're kind of entering this weird phase of Tom Brady's career where it's likable Tom Brady, right? Uh, look at what we've seen over so over social the last few months, right? Drunk Tom Brady coming off the boat today. Tom Brady showing off all his rings. It's almost like we're kind of turning around and having a LeBron post-Miami with Tom Brady where he's not in New England anymore, so we don't feel morally obligated to dislike him and Belichick. Like, the narrative could just form right behind Brady, and we know how good that offense is going to be again. Yeah, and look, uh, the other thing is, too, Tampa, let's just call it how it is. Tampa didn't care in the regular season last year. They didn't care one bit. Now, might they, is it possible that they don't care again, knowing, all right, we just have to be in the dance. We can win the division with ten going 10-7 and seven this year pretty easily. Uh, we did it without any home games until the Super Bowl last year. I thought, by the way, when you said that we could win the division going 10-7, I thought you were going to say that in the NFC South you could win with 10 players on the field. Well, because at any time, I think you probably could if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could play with a red card for Tampa and still come out and probably win at least three or four games in that why, division. Why, why not? But look, they're just... Uh, they're just so much better than everyone in that division. And look, if Tampa, look, it's not impossible. Tampa goes 15 and two and Brady, That's best case scenario, but yeah, 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 not impossible. I'm not saying it happens. I think they're more like a 12 or 12 or 13 win team, but it's not impossible to go 15 and two and Brady ends up being the MVP. And you may want to hop again, may want to hop on in on that right now while you can, before that number moves down more than likely uh, at some point next week, Adam. So that deals with the MVP side of things. We've talked a little bit about the Packers, We started to talk about the Bears. Let's dive in a little bit on this Vikings team because we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about how is Minnesota affected by an Aaron Rodgers retirement. And to be clear, there is some talk out there that is a Carson Palmer retirement to try to force a trade. Uh, We don't know if that will ultimately be the case, but the effect is the same. He's not in the NFC North anymore. So if we're talking about this Minnesota team, I mentioned the offensive side. The defense, I don't think, is all that good. But, Jeff, when you look at the early part of this schedule for the Vikings, soft, soft, and softer for Minnesota into the bye with the exception of having to face the Browns. Well, Seattle... I, I don't, I'm not Seattle, huge on Seattle, Seattle's so maybe that's not, it for me. Not a, Seattle's not a gimme. At Arizona's not a gimme. I, I do Bengals, agree. Lions, Panthers. I, I, I do. Agree, I do agree with you that there is some. There are some soft games on there. But would it stun you if Joe Burrow is fully healthy week one and Cincinnati wins that game? Wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. Bit. But and I, the one thing I will say: look, that offense is really good, and Kirk Cousins is what he is at this point. He is a a Bottom half of the top tier of the NFL quarterbacks are top 16 quarterbacks in the league. He's clearly in that somewhere in that range from 8 to 13, depending on where, what, how he's performing. You have a top three running back, and you have arguably the best wide receiving tandem in the NFL in Jefferson and Thielen. But that defense that you mentioned earlier, that defense is not good, and it is completely reversed of what this team was in the early portion of the Mike Zimmer era, where they only could play defense, and their offense was what held them back. Now this defense, and again, that's why even with that first six-week stretch where they're going to be a road favorite in Cincinnati, that's going to probably be Arizona 2 in Week 2. They're going to be favored at home against Seattle. Cleveland will be a dog at home. And in the last two games, road favorite at Carolina and a big favorite at home against a bad Lions team. It wouldn't shock me, even with that soft start, they go two and four because that defense is just so bad. I mean, again, you can't take too much from last year, but that defense early in the season, I mean, they, they were horrible, and that's why they got off to such a brutal start. And in the end, that brutal start is what kept them out of the playoffs, Adam. 
that's the low end case. I think a two and four for that, that's the, Vikings, that's the right? worst case scenario. Yeah, that, that's the worst case scenario. I think three and three is realistic. I think four and two is easily possible. Um, again, if you're going to look at the Cardinals and say that there'll be dogs in that game, yeah, there'll be dogs in that game, but. Cardinals and Vikings are mirror images of each other. Um, not, those offenses might not be the same offenses the way they run, but the level of offense and the level of defense, those two teams are teams that are hoping that defense not being repeatable means they're going to get some positive movement back this year. And again, you can't undersell the fact that Daniil Hunter coming back does add something to this Minnesota defense, but at the same time, they were horrendous uh, last season. I said earlier, I don't think they're the favorite in this division. Looking at a win total of nine, that is juiced to the under, Jeff. Where are you feeling on that? It's a, With the Rodgers news now, it's a complete stay away. Because those would be two games that Minnesota would lose to me if Rodgers was there. That probably turn into two wins. Now I understand going to Lambeau week 17 in January – for a team that, even though technically Minneapolis is every bit as cold as Green Bay, you're playing inside of the U.S. Bank Stadium. So you're not used to being in the frigid conditions that you're going to get in the first week of January in Green Bay. But it's a stay off with the Rodgers news. Nine and eight, Adam, makes sense to me. Them landing on nine and that being enough to win the division as well. Well, I'll just... Point out, not that I need to remind uh, our Packers fan behind the glass here, but you know, last year Dalvin Cook walked in and ran all over the Packers well, in Green Bay. So it's you right. know, it's not out of the question that you know the matchups can dictate some of this. Regardless, um, well, well, remember that game in Lambeau last year was one of the weirdest games yep. of the entire NFL season, yep. where it was all but one possession in the game. There was a there was a score. Four, four possession yeah, first half. Yeah, four possession first half. It was one of the one of the most efficient offensive games you're ever going to see, uh, and it were long scoring touchdown drives. Which, by the way, that was one of the ones where you're thankful that the team that uh, as I had the over in that game, you're thankful a team goes for two down by eight, and Green Bay went for two down eight in that game to get that game over the total. But you bring up a good point with that. And the one thing is, even though you have those elite receivers. You, Minnesota does have the offense, again, to to play both ways with the elite uh, player in Dalvin Cook as well. Again, that defense, though, is where my hesitation still lands. Completely. And uh, just to spend a moment on the team at the bottom of the division with the Detroit Lions, look, it's a start over. We know it's a start over. Jared Goff is not necessarily the guy I want in a start over. However, um, do you believe in Dan Campbell getting more out of this team than what we've seen in years past? Because it would be hard to get less out of them than Matt Patricia did. <laughs> You're not wrong there. Uh, look, my my take with the Lions, first off, their skill position players are just brutal. Absolutely brutal. Goff goes from a scenario where he had arguably the best offensive mind in the NFL coaching him and great weapons to just the disaster with weapons, with weapons, and also to Anthony Lynn's offensive coordinator. You, you not, not, he doesn't have to deal with the clock, though. That, that, hey, look, uh, hopefully, thankfully he doesn't for uh, for Detroit's sake. But look, Adam, the one problem that the Lions have, and we talked about it earlier, other than those two games against Cincinnati and the Eagles, where are they winning here? They, I, they Their schedule, even though it's not overly brutal – 
they're not winning a bunch of these road games against the AFC teams that they could beat. They're not winning in Pittsburgh, even with how poor I think Pittsburgh's going to be. They're not winning at mile high against Denver either. And it's just a struggle to find wins. Now, the one thing that could happen here is that Jared Goff, we remember Jared Goff was the quarterback of a team that was in the Super Bowl three years ago and was and outplayed Drew Brees in an NFC championship game. That is something that happened not that long ago. If he can at least recapture some of that form, maybe the Lions are plucky and get the five or six wins, but I think it's still an under. They're just the schedule just too difficult for them. I mean, look. 17 games, they're going to be favored two of them as of right now. Yep. The, at home against the Eagles, at home against the Bengals, and that's about it. Uh, that, that is it. Yep. That, the only time they're going to no. be favored uh, this year. And, heck, maybe week 18 against Green Bay. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers Considering Aaron Rodgers might there. not be there? Yeah. That's all the time we have here on Primetime Action. He's Adam Candy. I'm Jeff Parles. Ben Wilson, great job as always. We're back next week in for Gil, Matt, and Kelly. So we'll see you then. Here on Primetime Action on VSIN. The Nightcap with Brian Noe is next here on VSIN. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.